Welcome to Heart Shaped Pod, a Nirvana fan podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Travis Clark. Hey everybody, welcome to Heart Shaped Pod. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm Travis fucking Clark. You are Travis fucking Clark. It's my true middle name. God damn it. Travis goddamn fucking Travis Clark. I mean, that's what it says on my birth certificate, but that's just because my parents hated me. Right, right. right. Yeah. God damn it. God damn it. Fucking, it's another fucking baby. That would be. Also, it was their first baby, so I don't know why I was another baby in that situation, because they didn't have any others at that point. Well, they probably saw it coming. Maybe they just meant like another baby in the world. Yeah. Maybe that's what they were doing. That could have been. That could have been it. Which, that would have been a valid argument. I don't argue with them to this day. No matter what point in history we were (laughs) talking. Yeah. Could have always done with a few fewer babies. So, how have you been? I've been uh, very immersed in the world of Nirvana. Me too. Uh, One, because we've been talking about it more. And then, I don't know if you've had this experience, but it's kind of like that that weird thing that happens in life where you suddenly become aware of more things that you didn't right. really notice before. So I did a week of shows in uh, Las Vegas, and I saw all of these 30-somethings with their, uh, I don't know if I'd call them ironic, but like you didn't listen to this band yeah. then, wearing like Kurt Cobain or yeah. uh, Nirvana t-shirts in the in the in the casino. Nice. Which I thought was like a weird thing to see. I'm actually surprised I didn't see like a Nirvana slot machine because you know Courtney would have been fine with that. Right, right. You pull a shotgun. (laughs) 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 I won! Oh, no. (laughs) Be amazing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's like when you buy a car and you think you're the only person you've ever seen with that car. And then you you see everyone has it as soon as you have one. Oh, everyone has a VW bug. I'm not special. No. And then... This happened to me. The this has now happened three times. Uh, are you aware? <laughs> I'm setting you up for a joke that no one else would know because it was only something you and I said earlier. Are you aware of the store Target? I sure am. Are you? I've heard of it. I believe it's a bargain. Uh, it's a it's a upscale discount chain based out of Minneapolis. That's what I've right. heard. Just like Prince. Right. Uh, just like Prince. Exactly like right. Prince. Prince and Target, there is no difference between them. None. None. None at all. Uh, they have a couple of local stores. You might be able to find one in your area. Maybe. Um, I go to one close to my house, and I keep seeing this like 75-year-old guy in an old Nirvana shirt in the, the drunk smiley face, not dissimilar yeah. from what our uh, right. pod logo is. Uh, I see him in it, and like I've wanted to go talk to him, but he has that don't fucking talk to me face. Oh, yeah. And he's always got like brand cereal and a lot of toilet paper, so you kind of know where his life is. Right, right. Uh, but there's part of me that goes, is that is that Don Cobain? <laughs> <laughs> it's his dad. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. What are you doing in Burbank, dude? <laughs> yeah. it's uh, it's uh, it, We took last week off. Yeah. That was... We needed it. I mean, not necessarily for this podcast. We just thought we're not the Eagles. We don't need some <laughs> fucking intermission 45 minutes in. It's just a holiday, and we didn't want to record on the 4th of July. Right. We wanted to celebrate uh, blowing shit up. Yeah. Which yeah. is what uh, this country was founded on. Right. Did you have a good 4th? I had, yeah. I, did, I, didn't, I don't think I did anything on the 4th. We had that backyard comedy show. Over the weekend. Oh, I saw went, some uh, stories from that. Yeah, went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Went really well. We'll do it again. We'll have you on the next one. Cool. I think we're going to do one in the fall sometime. That's probably the better time to do a backyard show. Yeah, we got really lucky in that it was the one weekend when it wasn't 108 degrees. Oh, God. 
So Vegas, we lucked out there. Vegas was 122 while I was there. Ugh. That's not a city. That's a slow cooker. I don't. That's yeah. A, that, what the fuck are people doing in that town? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't. People who live in Vegas really sketch yeah. me out. Like you would walk outside, it was like a prize fighter punched you in the face. Yeah. Because they keep the the casinos at like a sub zero temperature, so you just kind of freeze in space and you know, right. keep playing whatever you're doing. And then you go outside, and it's like a seventy degree difference. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, your body just goes no. Yeah. It's like you're walking into a swimming pool, basically. Of heat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No thanks. I've actually never been to Vegas, but yeah. I'll get there someday. Let me tell you what it's like. Not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I don't like to gamble. So I, don't I don't either. I mean, I'm not a gambler, and I'm married, so there's not a lot for me to do in Vegas. Do you know Josh Androsky? I do know Josh. He just won a million dollars. Just won a million dollars on a $2 uh, slot machine. Yeah. Of course he did. God damn it, Of Josh. course he did. Of course, yeah. yeah, 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 and then also too, you get to go like, oh, there's that million dollar slot machine party I wasn't invited to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fucking j- shout out to Josh. That's shout crazy. out to Josh and your good luck and good fortune, and not the invite. R- really? Now he's yeah. now he's running for sheriff somewhere. Yeah, I didn't know you could be an elected sheriff. Yeah, that's cool as shit. Yeah, I thought the marshal just appoints you sheriff. I thought you had you to have some town. kind of law enforcement background to be a sheriff. Nah, nah you can just be it's an a, online course. You can just be a socialist who wrote for SpongeBob. Yeah. And you can- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So let's talk about Nirvana. Dude, this history reads like a novel. Yeah. We uh when we last left off, he had Kurt Cobain had just met Buzz Osborne of the Melvins and we said the next episode was going to be about the recording of Bleach, but Boy, would we have been skipping over yeah, a lot. I didn't, I didn't even know the breadth of uh, experience between this time and that time. Right, right. So, yeah, like if we would have skipped ahead to Bleach, we would have basically been like, it's like one of those jump cuts where you go, no, no, fill me in on the jump. Yeah. I, I want to know how we got to parasailing in, in, yeah. in France. What like happened? we would have yeah. skipped all the early bands that, that they formed or were all the called, early versions were, of were, Nirvana. Were they dictated at one point? Or was that I don't, Butthole Surfers? Probably Butthole okay. Surfers. But that's a great name. It is a great name. Dick Tits. <laughs> but you do got to tone that down to Butthole Surfers. You do. At some point. I mean... You got no choice. Right. I mean, Anal Cunt never changed their name. Anal... Uh, oh! I was looking for the Cunt Dinger. Because <laughs> we have one. Actually, I played bass in Cunt Dinger. We were a solid band. Nice! Uh, we only had <laughs> one single, and it was called You Can't Have That Name. <laughs> So yeah, we uh, should we talk about the Melvins first? I think so because I feel I feel people who would probably know who Nirvana is would maybe go, I've heard of the Melvins, but I still feel like even to this day the Melvins aren't this like gigantic band, right? They're right. a bunch of veterans who are workhorses who you know don't stop. I yeah. mean, Buzz Buzz has like thirteen bands, right? He's got Crystal Fairy, he's got Poison Idea. No, not Poison Idea. Yeah, Poison Idea, right? Isn't that one of them? And then there was the uh, Big Business and Melvins combined for a while to make the Melvins Big Business Band. Yeah. And then Phantom Moss and Melvins combined to make Phantom Melvins for a while. Like, they're never not so making much. records. And then, yeah. and then Buzz had like a acoustic career he was doing for a while. Right. Which I think just meant I'm hard to work with. Yeah. Uh, yeah so I'm going to. Yeah. I'm gonna Which go. he, does, he does seem tremendously hard yeah. to work with. And uh, yeah, he. The the Melvins they're named after a coworker at Thriftway, which I, I did not know that I did not know. Uh, and at the time Kurt Cobain met Buzz Osborne, the Melvins weren't huge. The, Mel- the Melvins 
have never been huge. No. But uh, they were especially not huge at the time. But they had a really small, uh, loyal fan base that they called Klingons. But spelled like clinging. But like clinging yeah. on, right? <laughs> and uh, that's what Kurt was. But even then, just barely. Like, he was like the, the runt of the group who kind of hung out, but he like didn't get a nickname. Everyone else had nicknames. He didn't get a he nickname? He didn't get a nickname. Aww. No, no nicknames for Kurt. And, uh, but he was kind of always around. And uh, he, he became a roadie for him at one point. Right. And didn't... Why would you hire the skinniest guy who's ever been to be your roadie? Yeah, that seems like a weird choice. Yeah, because it's like, will you lift this cable? Is yeah. that too much? I hope that's not too much for you there, Kurt. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's it's an odd choice. And uh so the the Melvins play a huge role in the stuff we'll talk about next. Right. But we are skipping over some stuff. Like I said, a lot of what we talk about on these history episodes comes from uh the various Nirvana books that have been accepted as kind of the official record or best version of the Nirvana story. And Heavier Than Heaven is probably the best one. And at at this point in Heavier Than Heaven, we're skipping over a really interesting story about Kurt Cobain losing his virginity, which... Is that the as dark as I remember it being? Well, there's there's the story that's in the montage of Heck. Which is not real? Documentary. Or possibly not real? Or... It's... Yeah, the, the, the story is basically that his first kind of sexual experience was with, like, a developmentally disabled Whatever. Girl. Yeah, I mean, and we they, all know what you're not saying. Right, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, but they they didn't actually have sex, and it's a, it's a really weird, dark story that uh, you can hear if you watch the Montage of Heck documentary. Uh, or yeah, you can hear and see it animated because what an amazing yeah yeah <laughs> what a piece of Disney film that is yeah why yeah. wouldn't you want to animate that story <laughs> Kurt Cobain touching the first mentally challenged Disney princess <laughs> hooray <laughs> and the first suicidal prince it's yeah. so great <laughs> it's such a good movie so there's there's that that you can go back and read about we won't cover it here <laughs> and also the story of him losing how he does actually eventually lose his virginity. Is also a crazy fucking story. Oh well, I'll have to go. I'll have to go uh, do my reading then because that sounds interesting. I want to know. And it ends with he, him, and his mom getting in a huge fight, and he gets kicked out of the house. And he's like what, fifteen, sixteen? I think he was like sixteen or seventeen at the time. Yeah. And uh, so that's that's where we we pick the story back up. Basically, he's uh, fade in. Had some (laughs) rainy day, Seattle. Fade in. Kurt's arguing with his mom about fucking. His dick still dripping with pussy juices. <laughs> so they, they have a huge fight, and it's such a huge fight that she kicks him out of the house forever. And this becomes like, this this forms like a holy trinity of parental grievances that Kurt Cobain has. The first being his parents getting divorced, mm-hmm. and then his dad getting remarried. And now this, when his mom kicks him out of the house. And this is where the uh, living under the bridge story comes from. Which is a story. Just a story. Which is not, it seems to be so caught up in the big overall arc of who Kurt Cobain was sold to us as, both by him, himself, and by, I guess, history now. Right. To find out that it's like, uh, there was a bridge and he did hang out there. He lived there. Yeah. 
you know, that's so interesting to find out. Yeah, there's uh, this is a quote, and he mentions it in the song "Something in the Way" is where the right. underneath the bridge yeah. line comes from. But he also mentioned it in tons of interviews back sure. then. Like this was like a huge part of his story. This is a quote from Chris Novoselic. He never lived under that bridge. <laughs> he hung out there, but you couldn't live on those muddy banks with the tides coming up and down. That was his own revisionism. Now I need to go fly a plane and start bands that no one else likes. Now let's change the voting laws in Seattle. I want to be your senator. No, right? no, don't do that. Yeah, did, yeah, he did. did. He, didn't he yeah. run for senate? Yeah, I think so. Didn't he win? He was an elected official for a was while. Was he really? But like at the state level, not at the. Yeah, he not, wasn't. He wasn't like. I don't know. <laughs> he wasn't the, the first congressman. I he don't wasn't know. the first grunge congressman, was he? <laughs> That would be fantastic. <laughs> Teenage angst has paid off well, but now I'm in the government. <laughs> this is another quote. He did not ever live under the bridge. It was a hangout where all the neighborhood kids would go smoke pot, but that's all. That's Kim Cobain. She should have been a son. She should <laughs> She should have. <laughs> and this, this is interesting to me because Kurt Cobain didn't live to see the internet age. Right. Like, it sort of existed when he was alive, but not in its current Yeah, I mean, form. you could email people when, before he was right. not around, and there were maybe message boards, I want to yeah. say, but, n- but it, n- yeah. It wasn't like this, where the example I put in the notes, like Steve Ranazisi, who's the a comic, he's on The League, super funny, he's a right. great comic, but for the longest time told people this story that he was working at the World Trade Center on 9-11 right. and like called in that day or something. I thought he evacuated. Yeah, yeah. uh, The building shook. Like he had this whole story uh, that also and total lie. Yeah, like was not there. Turns out he was living under a bridge. Yeah, (laughs) he was (laughs) living with Wendy Cobain. Weirdly enough, and uh, it's affected his career. But it seems like it hasn't affected his career that much. Uh, There's definitely people who don't like him. Yeah. Last year I was at a festival and people were really pissed that he was on the festival. Oh, really? Like they were just super mad about it. And it's like, uh, that's, I mean, that's a pretty fucked up thing to lie about. To say, like a teenage, you know, um, outcast to say, oh, I was homeless and lived under a bridge. Right, right. It's such a like, I mean, shit. When I was 15, I tried to uh, tell people that I was haunted by a ghost uh, because I used a Ouija board because I thought that would make girls want to fuck me. It turns out it did not. No? It made zero people want to talk to me at all. They get just- that haunted dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get these ghost babies out my cock. Oh, the no. moment passed. I'm I was going to air horn yeah, again. Right. I, was, I was too slow on That's it. That's all right. So I save them for me. They're only... <laughs> Those are only for me. It's okay. Look, look. This is a give and take, and I understand that you're going to take more than you're going to give. Uh, yeah, yeah it's totally I'm, fine. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm back here. Um, but yeah, the I wonder how this would have affected him if he had had to answer for because it's not 9/11, but in his case, it's not the only thing that, he, that right. he like just kind of blatantly lied about in interviews. And I wonder if this, like, what kind of impact this would have had eventually had he lived to had he lived to see call out culture sure i bet he probably would have addressed it i mean to me the bigger thing would be like if suddenly you know tomorrow kurt cobain's like by the way i never died uh, <laughs> you're like okay that's fucked up dude yeah <laughs> for that, 23 years we've been like super sad about you not being around yeah. 
Him and Tupac just yeah. both show up. Oh, dude, up. man, we've been working on him <laughs> on this <laughs> on this really awesome collab, and it's not ready yet. We've just been. It's like this and the Zach De La Roca solo album. You never know when it's really going to come out. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, you know it, it's it's interesting. Oh, but you had an, uh, in your notes you had the thing about what something in the way the song is actually about. That blew my mind. Yeah, it's um, at least according to a lot of sources. He's the thing that's in the way. Oh my god! And it's uh, you know in the way of his parents getting on with their their life. lives with new people, and he was always kind of the the problem point. If if you read, especially if you read all the stuff about him moving back and forth between his parents and with different family members, oh. like the the under the bridge thing. What's interesting to me is for one thing and we'll get into it the actual story is way more interesting like all the places True. he was living during that time but the way he framed it it seemed like he was just kind of trying to make his mom look as shitty as possible i used to sing i mean it's, it's a uh no slide on mr cobain but it's a very easy song to play just yeah. it in d and it's just it's two frets right uh it's open in one fret actually so uh, it's one of the first songs I ever learned, and it's yeah. a song I have sung along to and listened to and put my own meaning to. And to me, this idea of being under the bridge and being alone, there's something in the way about that. There's something beautiful about it. Right. There's something in this way of living that is uh, hopeful, almost. It's how I took that song. And to find out it's like, no, I'm something in the way. Like It, yeah. it made me go, oh, like it took like 20-some years of that song and just made my heart break. I was yeah. just like, oh, oh, buddy. Yeah, oh. it's, it's dark. And yeah. I, I didn't remember that until, I, until we went back and were researching this. I feel like uh, people who knew Kurt better should have never let Kurt be alone. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it like seems... the more I'm finding out about this guy, the more I'm like, the second someone like that's like, I'm going to go buy a house in the remote part of town and just live there by myself. You go, no, because uh, I literally know how that ends. And we're all right about how that ends. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He seems like a guy who really overthought things. And yeah. Could really get in his head and in a bad way. Oh, and uh, in addition to that, uh wasn't his mom's house like only a few blocks from this bridge? Two, yeah, two blocks from this bridge. So in his version of the story, he's sleeping under a bridge two blocks from his mom who and has a house. To me, that's the they'll miss me when I'm gone thing. But yeah. you're still like in the bushes, like seeing like, right, they miss me. And you're like, I can see they don't miss me. Yeah. yeah. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. That is because you want to be like, you guys don't fucking know. I'll show them all. I'll leave and everyone will get all upset and there'll be a big tit. There's no tit. They're throwing a party. Why is there a party? Yeah. There's yeah. a party? Fuck you guys. Which I imagine is probably a lot like when you die. Right. And you probably, you know, you're in the afterlife assuming everyone's all broken down and right. they're just fucking going to work and yeah. carrying on with their well, lives. My wife is now dating someone. So fuck her. <laughs> it's dating only Wendy been- Cobain. <laughs> it's only been a day. <laughs> So let's talk about the actual truth about where Kurt was living during this time. Which is actually the better story. I, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. It's way better. The uh, After he has this fight with his mom, Buzz Osborne drives him to gather all his stuff. And the first place he ends up is in a cardboard refrigerator box on Dale Crover's porch. Right off the bat, that's way more interesting than sleeping under a bridge. First of all. No couch at Crovers. Like, why are yeah. we? Why are we in a box seems outside? Harsh. Seems like you're keeping a pet. It yeah. seems like you're like, 
We don't know if he's housebroken. Yeah. <laughs> look, look at his eyes. <laughs> Mommy, I found a songwriter. Can I keep him? Can I keep him? Um, after that, uh, he eventually overstayed his welcome. Oh, Dale Crover, by the way, if, if you don't, if people don't know, is the drummer of the Melvins. Right, uh, right. And a bunch of other bands. And a guy that I often get confused with, Dale Lombardo, who's the founding member of Slayer, because they end up changing places a lot in side bands. Yeah. Fun fact. Happens to the best yeah. of us. Uh, he overstayed that welcome and took to sleeping in the hallways of apartment buildings that he knew were heated. That's when I realized how easy the L.A. homeless have it. Yeah. Because we don't really have a season. No, you know, or we no. do. It's fall. It's yeah. fall and a little bit of summer. So you don't have to go like, oh, I need to go find a heated place to go stay. Yeah, you it's know? only on those rare occasions when it rains right. that it becomes an issue. Yeah, so two days a year, yeah, <laughs> you're fine. And even then, it's like, hey, shower. Yeah, ah, sweet, fine. free water. There's yeah. usually no water. Yeah, right. yeah, that, that is a problem in L.A. Uh, when he felt like treating himself, he would walk to Gray's Harbor Community Hospital and sleep in the waiting room where he would sometimes go through the cafeteria line and charge food to made-up room numbers. I mean, who doesn't love free hospital food? Right. I mean, uh, I don't know the last time you had hospital food. It's tremendous. It uh, tasted like compressed farts is yeah. what my food tasted like. Yeah, I used to work at a hospital. And Did you really? I, well, I worked for a phone service that answered calls for doctors after hours. Oh, okay. But it was it, the office was in a hospital. So I would, oh. like, on break, I would have to deal with cafeteria food and, ugh, bad times. I mean, that's uh, that's like Ken Kesey style of bad jobs, you know? Ken yeah. Kesey worked in a mental ward. That's why he wrote uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I would imagine you see a lot of not great things if you're in a hospital all the time. Yeah, it's not, it's not fun. And it was a terrible job. Because it, you get hypochondriacs calling about a fucking sure. bump on their thigh at nine o'clock at night. I told you not to talk about that. <laughs> Travis, if we don't talk about it, you're never going to get past Okay, but it. here's the thing. It's been there for three days. That's the problem. <laughs> if it was just been there for a day, it'd be fine. But it's clearly not a bug three. bite. Three. It's yeah, three you're right. You know, it's not a bug bite. It doesn't have a head on it. I don't know what it is. Is it cancer? Probably. Is it, is it, it's, it's probably oh, just cancer. All right, thanks for, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. The guy on the phone says it's probably cancer, so yeah, fuck it. So I got to imagine a guy who's prone to depression hanging out in the lobby or the waiting room of a hospital. That probably doesn't help the, the cheery disposition. No, no. You're just seeing sad people either on the verge of death or going through really tough shit. Yeah. It wouldn't be good for the, for the old mood. But this all only lasted about four months. And then he, I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was only homeless for four months. You know how you can only hang around a hospital for four months yeah. before you're like, I should do something else. I got this. This is a huge sidebar, but someone left a comment. I posted uh, one of the columns I wrote about Nirvana on my uh, Facebook fan page, and someone left a comment and said Kurt Cobain was the epitome of white boy blues. And boo-hoo, you could afford health insurance. What? Like the fact that he could afford health insurance for the last, what, two years of his life just invalidates any fucking pain or issues or problems he ever had in his life. I don't understand that comment at all. I don't either. I just replied and said, you seem fun. Yeah, that's the right reaction. Right. Yeah. Because it's I it white really, boy blues and boohoo I can afford health insurance? Yeah. Like once you have a little money, everything that happened in your life doesn't matter because you're a straight white male. 
But I just I I'm just trying to put then then by that rationale anybody of any right. creed the second they achieve success aren't allowed to have problems. Not even success, just health insurance. Right. Well, like I haven't been allowed to complain about anything since the late '90s because mm. I've been steadily employed most of the time. Well, now. Now I got Obamacare, so well you can complain I can about complain that. Now, yeah, you can now complain. I can go back. To yeah, that's a government mandated complaint. Yeah, is what that is. I don't have I don't have big fancy rock star health insurance. Yeah, I don't have that stuff that doesn't prevent me from getting depression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> fucking people. Anyway, uh, so by the just following that, you know, not every comment needs to be posted. Sometimes you can just keep shit to yourself. Yeah. You know, if you're just going to say something that's just a bunch of nonsense or it's just to sit around and like shit on somebody, maybe go tell your friends that or maybe tell no one that. Yeah. It it was one of the more confusing comments I've ever seen. All right. Let's let's get back Back to to hospital food. That's where we were. Get back to let's get back to where Kurt Cobain was living. So he ends up back with his father. Fucking sellout. And yeah, what a (laughs) piece of shit. Come on, Kurt. That goes as terribly as you would expect. They're fighting all the time because Kurt's not going to school, but he's also not working because they live in Washington, where the unemployment was like 15% at the time, and probably still now. He's, what, 16, 17 again at this point? Is this the same kind of year? I mean, what what jobs are there for 16? I mean, you... You do the grocery bag. I think thing. their problem is more that he didn't graduate high school. Sure, but I'm saying a non yeah. a, a teenager who's supposed to be in school. There's not companies who are like, oh yeah, let me hire the truant. Let yeah. me actually break the law and give you a place right. to go. They uh, so at one point Don issues Kurt an ultimatum and says, if you aren't going to go to work or go to school, you're joining the military. He calls over a Navy recruiter, and Kurt surprises everyone by listening to the pitch and considering it. Alternate timeline time. Kurt Cobain action hero. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Smells like Navy SEAL spirit. <laughs> there. Hey, I got yeah, a horn. Lieutenant. I got a twice. horn. That would have been amazing if he would have been like, there's actually a song now, uh, sorry, a show now called Patriot on uh, Amazon. I can't stand it. It reminds me of Cop Rock, but with terrorists. Well, I like, I've only watched a couple episodes, yeah. but I like it that he's a folk singer, but he has to kill people. Right. And it, that's affecting the songs that he writes. So his songs are all about <laughs> he's trying to sing a folk song about, you know, his struggles in life, but he's talking about how he killed the wrong person in yeah. Marrakesh because they have, you know, it's, uh, it struck me as funny. So I, I yeah. believe that that's the alternate timeline we would have. We would still have musician Kurt Cobain, but he'd talk about all his black ops that he's doing. I would be way into that. I would dig it. Imagine if we did find out that all Nirvana songs were just like coded black op <laughs> shit. Kurt Cobain's still alive, toppling yeah. foreign governments. Oh my god, that's how Trump got elected. <laughs> Probably. Uh, so Kurt obviously decides against going to the military, and he goes, or so we're told. Yes, that's the myth they the sold official us. Official <laughs> explanation. He ends up living with his friend Jesse Reed whose parents were born-again Christians, and for a, a few brief and hilarious weeks, Kurt finds religion. That is a part of the story I did not know, which makes the Jesus Doesn't Want Me for a Sunbeam cover even more ironic, yeah, I guess. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's actually the basis for the, the line about uh, having friends in your head. 
in lithium also. Is it? It's a reference to the, the time when he found religion and his friend Jesus was in his head. I thought it was about uh, uh, Boda? Boda? No. Bada? Bada. Bada. No. I don't I know if he wrote any songs about Bada. I thought that's what I found my friends are in my head because he had this imaginary friend who had to go off to He just Vietnam. wrote his last song to uh, Bada, if you know what I mean. I gotcha. I mean, I was talking I about mean, suicide note. There's part of me that feels like Bada went to Vietnam. Kurt might have joined the military. <laughs> they're just I think there's a whole other side of this we are not aware of, you that, know? That could very well there's be. There's a classified file right now that has we're just not We're uncovering yeah, shit on I, this podcast. Oh, it's eyes only. We just gotta get that clearance. We're gonna be huge. Oh, it's gonna be Or amazing. we're gonna get killed by the government. Yeah, or we're gonna disappear. Yeah. Or we're, Courtney Love. Maybe yeah. Courtney Love works for the government. Holy shit, Courtney Love is part of the um what do they call him in uh, France? Uh not France, uh Russia. Yeah, I get the two confused because the they're KGB? so similar. Kremlin? No, the Black Maria. Those are the vans that come up and make you disappear. Oh yeah. Those are the um, Is that what they call them? That's what they call them. That's so dope. I know, right? Oh. <laughs> like I was watching an interview with Obama once, and I don't remember what it was on, but someone asked him about black helicopters and whether those are a real thing, because that's like a big conspiracy sure. theory. Yeah, has been for years. And uh, I think his answer was something like, we have them, but they're not for what people think they are. And I was like, that's such oh! a great answer. <laughs> that's such a good answer, because that's not even him saying... They're not a bad thing. Right. He's just leaving it open. Like, they might still be a bad thing. Yeah. It's not the bad thing you think they're yeah, for. Yeah, whatever you think it is, is adorable. It's worse. <laughs> yeah. It's so much worse. You have no idea. So, so yeah, uh, Kurt finds religion, starts chastising his friend Jesse about smoking weed, writes a letter to his aunt about how he watched Reefer Madness, and while he believed it was over the top in its portrayal of the evils of marijuana, he did agree with the message. That might be the saddest thing I've heard about Kurt Cobain. <laughs> he just, the impression you get is that he's just super impressionable. Super and impressionable. really looking for somewhere to fit in. And wants a connection with someone. Yeah. Like imagine being 17 and watching Reefer Madness and your first thought is, I'm going to write my aunt. Yeah. Like that's super sad. Like you can't, you go chastise your friend. Your friend's probably like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. I'm going to do what I want. You're like, well, then I'm going to go talk to my aunt. Like, yeah. There's nobody for him. Yeah. It's, it's really depressing. And uh, almost immediately after he sends a letter, he says, fuck Christianity and goes back to smoking <laughs> weed. And uh, I put my man. You sure did. Yeah. You're like, because there's, there's that part where if you don't know the where the story goes, you're like, well, I don't like this character anymore. He's yeah. now making choices I don't agree with. <laughs> hey, he's back. Yeah, that's the guy. And you have alternative history. Kurt Cobain, <laughs> cool youth minister with a guitar. Oh, no. <laughs> right? That is the... I would argue that is worse than the version of Nirvana history we got. <laughs> and I'll remind you that ended with him dying at 27. But if that's what it took to avoid Kurt Cobain, cool youth minister... He'd be in like a fucking mega church. Yes, he would. Still with the distortion pedals. Yeah. Writing things about, my God is an awesome God. <laughs> like he would have those songs, you know? Those songs that are only sold like at late night TV yeah. like 10 years ago. They don't even make All them anymore. All these songs on one collection for the first time. Oh, yeah, because no, no one, one wants them. Yeah, no one wanted them in one place. That's why they're scattered. They do less to harm that way. <laughs> Coalesce, become a group. That's bad. Oh. So the... Uh, 
Kurt's time living with the Reeds is actually super important because, for one thing, it's one of his first stable living environments for a long time. And how did was this like a schoolmate? Like who who were the Reeds? Yeah, Jesse Reed was a school friend, and the Reeds were his parents, and they were uh, super cool. Dave Reed had been in, uh, you know, for born again Christian. Yeah, yeah, super cool. Yeah, yeah. It's but they they were. It's noted that they were less strict than Kurt's parents. Which is weird. Which is weird for a family that owns a family Camaro, as we brought up right? a couple episodes yeah. back. Like, you don't get to be strict and have a family Camaro. And to be mad at your 16-year-old for having sex yeah. when you had a kid at 17 or whatever yeah, exactly. it was. You go like, what is your... what? Here, kids, pile in the two-door sports car. Yeah. It's like, no, you're shitty parents. <laughs> don't You leave Kurt alone. But uh, the Reeds, uh, Dave Reed had been in bands for 20 years. And the house had a bunch of amps and guitars, and they were way less strict. They let Kurt travel to Seattle to see Black Flag with Buzz. I mean, I want to go live with the Reeds now. They got a lot of land, a lot of musical instruments, yeah. and don't care if you go see Black Flag. Yeah, they sound awesome. That sounds like the best family. Yeah. And uh, also important, this is where he first meets Chris Novoselic, which uh, they they had crossed paths before. But it never they they didn't ever talk a lot about where they first actually met, and it's because that was the Central Park Baptist Church. What? Yeah, Chris uh, had been attending. This is a quote just for the girls, and Jesse invited him over to jam one day, and Kurt was there. History made. So Chris was going to a church just for the girls. Right. For those sweet, sweet rural Northwest, right. Pacific Northwest Christian girls. Because you know how they like to fuck. <laughs> yeah, they know how they're just nothing but fuck machines. Chris liked the challenge. He sure did. Still does. Yeah. So they. Uh, th- this is uh, around this time, th- there's a really funny story about that kind of displays that that uh, conflict Kurt always had with mainstream success and that kind of punk rock aesthetic. Oh, the good old punk rock guilt. Yeah. You can't succeed. The thing I love about punk rock is there are no rules, but here's the rules. You can't be on a major label. You can't actually have success. You can't be happy. You can't look like this is something you wanted, and you can't uh, fucking sell things. But beyond that, (laughs) no rules. There's no rules. You Carry on as you'd like. We have a thing that we want you to buy, but you're not supposed to buy things. <laughs> steal our records. <laughs> but if you steal our records, we will, once we're older, get a lawyer and sue you for copyright infringement and taking our intellectual property. That will which happen. Which is totally punk rock, because I've convinced myself that it is. Shout out to the dead Kennedys. <laughs> they seem like a litigious bunch. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, he has this this guilt about uh, or this, you know, has it in his mind that corporate rock and corporations are bad. But he also finds out someone who was in a band with Dave Reed. The band was called the Beachcombers. He finds out one of the Beachcombers went on to become a promo person at Capitol Records. Oh, A&R guy or just promo? Just promo. Like not A&R. Like can't do anything for his career, but starts hounding Dave Reed to introduce him to this guy. So he can give him his demo, at which point he assumes he'll be signed to a major label and be a huge rock star, which if the Melvins knew he was doing that at the time. Not okay. Not not good. That is not in the in the punk rock playbook. No. 
King Buzzo would be very, very upset. Very upset. Now, do we know anything about the Beachcombers? Do we know if they were a good band or a Christian band? Or, or like, are, they sound like they'd be a surf band. Yeah, I'm sure they were a right? surf band. I don't, I don't know much else I mean, about it, them. We don't really hear. We just hear the name. Right. And we know that Kurt was fine with covering obtuse and obscure records. Yeah, the I don't Beachcombers. Think he ever yeah, the Beachcombers didn't make it on. So that kind of to me sounds like. They left that off yeah. MTV Unplugged. Yeah, they're like, oh, cool. Open with a surf rock yeah, jam. I, well, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, man, I was in a band. Oh, cool. Wow, look at all your instruments. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Around the, uh, the reason he had, Kurt had been hounding this guy was he had started writing songs around this time. One of them was called Wattage in the Cottage. Yeah, which bro. I wish that had survived. Uh-huh. I want to hear wattage in the cottage. I'm going to guess that's all about how fucking loud my amps are in the garage, <laughs> right? That's got to be what that's about. Exactly. I bet it was an instrumental. Uh-huh. Oh, I bet it's the worst. I bet. Yeah, it's just a total Aerosmith jam. Just a total yeah. fucking nightmare. Wattage in the cottage, bro. <laughs> so the, uh, oh, he also, uh, around this time, develops his love for R.E.M. and U2 and the Smithereens, who, if anyone out there has never heard the Smithereens, go do that. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. I did not know he liked you too. That's surprising. Yeah, I I didn't remember that being mentioned. I knew REM like right. I knew he because he wanted to go that direction as he got yeah. older was his one of the last things he yeah. said in an interview. Back to the wattage in the cottage thing. <laughs> I can't let it go. I don't know why. I I in my mind I imagined that that's what Dave Reed said to them like oh you guys are gonna go play gonna go do a little wattage in the cottage like that was his <laughs> thing about what he would say when they would go jam on the property you know yeah off of that the makes barn. more sense right that seems like where that came from yeah it and, makes more sense than Kurt <laughs> yeah honestly landing on wattage <laughs> in the cottage as a title I hope that's what it is oh yeah the boys are out there doing a little wattage in the cottage what. <laughs> Dad, <laughs> Dad, shut up! Dad, Kurt's here. Don't talk uh, that way. That's a really good song title. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna write a song about your dad. <laughs> oh, so uh, after moving out of the reeds, Kurt drifts in and out of homelessness, oh, studio apartment living. Uh, so wait, uh, there's a thing about where he he, he has his ongoing thing with uh, the punk rock guilt and the corporate rock thing, right? Where it's, yeah indie or or major label and to me i never realized this until i saw your note like that's his dynamic with his mom and dad he's trying to pick between mom and dad right which one do uh, which one can you guys just both love me yeah you both just be accepting of me i have to pick one yeah it it, it did seem like he just kind of was gonna fall in with whoever accepted him right the most and then once sonic youth took a major label there he was like well now it's okay yeah now it's fine. That was what made him kind of go, well, Kim Gordon said it was cool, so now I can do it. So after he uh, he moves out, he starts uh, rehearsing some songs with uh, Greg Hokanson on drums and Dale Crover on bass. And he calls that group Fecal Matter. Mm. And the Fecal Matter demo happens, which is probably one of the most sought-after Nirvana bootlegs because it's never i don't think ever been fully released some of it's on the lights out thing right? oh yeah there's yeah there's definitely like spank through we've heard the version from the fecal matter demo a bunch of times downer we've definitely heard but like uh buffy's pregnant i don't yeah, know if i've ever heard of that one bambi slaughter <laughs> sound of dentage i mean i'm sure it's suicide not that- samurai 
I'm sure it's not that great uh, of a of a tape, but the fact that Spank Through is on it. That's interesting. That's interesting because that's a legitimately good song, and it's one they continued playing pretty much their entire career. Right. It's on the Muddy Banks of the Wishka Live album. Right. Like it it came up a lot. And it's actually he after he recorded this demo, he made a bunch of copies of it and gave one to Chris Novoselic. And it was that song that uh made Chris Novoselic want to form a band with Kurt Cobain. Bum, bum, bum! Dun, dun, dun. Plot twist. That's amazing. Because they, I, I don't, I can't imagine coming up with something at 17 that would make another 17-year-old go, well, I can get another 17-year-old wanting to start yeah. a band, but to have it a thing that I played for 10 more years after that, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. It's, you know... And, and there's a couple examples of that where, you know, really early songs just ended up being staples right. throughout their career. I mean, there's things from two years ago I won't even repeat on stage anymore. Oh, you know? yeah. You know, I'm yeah, like, I'm done sure. with that. That was not a good idea. Yeah. But at the same time, the first joke I ever told on stage, uh, I still use as a closer sometime. Really? Yeah. The very first joke? The very first. It's, it's, your, it's your spank through. Yeah, pretty That's much. <laughs> I like, I've kind of reworded it since but it's basically the same joke that's awesome it's a good joke i don't tell anything from when i first started except uh don't do what i did when i first started that's yeah. the only thing i can say <laughs> from when i first started so let's talk about kurt's first house kurt's first house sounds like a nightmare it does it sounds like a teenage wasteland i feel like every roommate i had i should go and think yeah because i was like oh i thought i had it bad because my First roommate wanted the den to be his office, so he got more of the apartment than me, and he liked it colder in the apartment than I did. Right. That was the... Oh, and he didn't always do the dishes. End of problems I had with my first roommate. Meanwhile, Matt Lucan of the Melvins moves in with Kurt Cobain, and Kurt Cobain puts a bathtub in the middle of the living room. Why? Fills it with turtles. No. And then cuts a hole in the living room floor so the bathtub can drain out underneath the floorboards. So they don't have to clean up after the turtles. What's wrong with you, Kurt? That right there. I'm like, you know what? You should live on your own. These turtles are your roommates. But I'm getting out of here. The thought of, I'm going to drill holes so that the turtle shit has a place to go. <laughs> and it's not, and now you have, is it all the way through the floor or just into the floorboards? They make it sound like it's just under the floorboards, which. Oh, that's super gross. That's really gross. But. Uh, and also, who the fuck loves turtles that much where you put a bathtub in the middle of the house and make shitholes in it? And where do you get the bathtub? And where do you get the turtles? Jesus. Are turtles just roaming around in Seattle? This I... whole episode could have been <laughs> just this story. All the ins and outs and twists and turns. It's an interesting episode, but they're just perplexed by turtles for an hour. <laughs> like, he could afford power tools around this Okay, so wait. On. Okay, hold up. Wasn't he just eating hospital food? <laughs> Why are there turtles? Where'd he get the tub? Did Who'd he eat those turtles? What? The Was he growing fucking turtle meat? Did <laughs> he have a turtle meat farm? Turtle meat farm, episode five, <laughs> Heart Shape Pod. Alternate history, <laughs> Kurt Cobain, turtle meat turtle farmer. <laughs> Uh, so the, the, the one thing about this house, it's the most social time of his life. It becomes, I mean, you throw turtles in the mix. Yeah. It's a party. You got a living room full of turtles. People are going to come check it out and, and his, they're going to go. Yeah. Well, uh, you got to move out of here. Yeah. You got to leave. We, can yeah. we leave now? Yeah. This we, is awful. We, we don't have to. Stay. Oh, it just drains into the floor. Not, not out of the house. It's just <laughs> seeping under the floor. Yeah. I can't. 
I'm a grungy dude and I can't handle this. I got to go. Yeah, it's it's horrifying. Uh, but the, the house becomes kind of a hangout spot for the Melvins and the Klingons. Kurt becomes a roadie for the Melvins at this point. And this is when he starts really seriously thinking about forming a band. But it's also his one of his earliest bouts with super heavy drug abuse. He would just kind of hang out and get high all day. This is my favorite detail. He started taking a bunch of acid around this time because of a union strike. <laughs> there were grocery workers in Aberdeen were on strike. So buying beer what? meant you either had to cross a picket line or drive to Olympia. And Kurt's solution was, I'm just going to start doing acid. And again, my man. Your man. What a great choice. I just love, I mean, that's how fucking hard of a union man he was. Yeah. He's like, you know what? I ain't going to be a fucking scab. That's why, that's why I hated Reagan. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you may be, you might cross that line, you fucking scab, but I got principles. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a lot of acid to take. <laughs> because And you have the head of a fox. I don't know if you know this, but your eyes are lasers. <laughs> what a great fucking story. <laughs> yeah. Don't strike. I got new acid. I just see him like taking the sugar cube. This is on principle. <laughs> like, okay. All right. Serpico. That's not even the right movie, Kurt. <laughs> You're out of order. <laughs> What? What are you just doing? Pacino movies? <laughs> Kurt uh, Cobain, super drugged out Pacino fan. <laughs> this is another quote from Chris Novoselic. He was really into getting <laughs> fucked up. Drugs, acid, any kind of drug. He'd get hammered in the middle of the day. He was a mess. Yeah. Like, uh, like you said, like right. any, every open mic comic. Yeah, it's every open mic comic I know. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's just, uh, yeah. Like you go, yeah, you know this isn't sustainable, right? You're yeah. like, you know, the only difference is his parents aren't taking care of him. <laughs> That's the only. So he's got it worse than most open mic comics. We had a name for uh, people like that when I was in college. We used to call it like the people who tried to dress down and act all cool, yeah. like they had no money, but were just like living off of mom and dad's money. We used to call them trustafarians. Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. That's a good. Not that I came up with it. It was just what we called them. It's pretty appropriate because they usually have fucking dreadlocks. Too. Yep, and they, a lot of hacky sack. Ugh. It's a lot of mom and dad's money going into hacky sack. I was some. There were some fuck sticks in the 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 out by the pool of my apartment the other day, doing some form. It looked like like a combination of hacky sack and frisbee, but they were in a circle still, and it was oh, it looked like cricket for douchebags. Ah, oh, frisbee sack. Yeah. Yeah, it's really popular now with the kids. <laughs> I would, if, if, when that, yeah. if that was true or yeah. if it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I, when they're not no fidget clue. spinning, they're in a circle frisbee sacking each other off. Fucking fidget spinners. Yeah. Just smoke like an adult. Yeah. Fucking smoke if you need something to do with your hands, yeah. idiots. Or juggle. Yeah. Yeah. Jerk off. Yeah. Do a circle jerk. <laughs> spin your spin your buddy's fidget for a little bit. See who see who finishes last. Yeah. So uh, this is... Uh, You're like, yeah, no, don't do no, that. Don't do any of those things. Don't. Let's uh, talk about... Let's get back to the suicidal guy. I don't want to talk... about something yeah. a little more upbeat. Uh, <laughs> this is also another point where Kurt starts talking about suicide frequently. He had a friend named Ryan Agner who met Kurt around this time. And uh, Ryan Agner said he once asked Kurt, what are you going to do when you're 30? 
And Kurt replied, I'm not worried about what's going to happen when I'm 30 because I'm never going to make it to 30. Nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> you did it. <laughs> I've st- I've, I'm so nervous about having the glass of water in front. I'm hitting the wrong sound that's effects. That's fine. And it's, no, that's it. the right. What's the horns? What did you want? Well, because nailed it, I was going to do the... Oh, the, bi- the, the, the cunt the, ding. The ding. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and that's... We just fast forwarded to the yeah. end of the story really fast there. <laughs> wow. So uh, this is a quote from Ryan Agner. He was the shape of suicide. He looked like suicide. He walked like suicide. And he talked about suicide. Ryan Agner. Wow, Ryan. Frustrated blogger. <laughs> <laughs> you can read the rest of my book, uh, which is self-published, self-published on, on Amazon. Yeah. yeah. You know. Get, it's, it's a 99 cent single, guys. It's 99 cents. It's, yeah. it's a good cause. I get 44 cents. Yeah, I don't really. It's not, it's not like I'm trying. I'm not trying to take anybody's money. <laughs> I'm giving you something. Kurt would have, would have bought Kurt it. Kurt would have sold it to you. Yeah, he would have given it to you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not Kurt Cobain. <laughs> I feel like that's like all of his friends. You yeah. know, I'm sorry. I wasn't Kurt Cobain. That's Billy Corgan for sure. <laughs> yeah, it sure if is. If you read interviews with Billy Corgan, that's basically his whole mantra now yeah. is like eh, fuck right. sorry i'm not nirvana eh, we were the doors of our generation <laughs> the doors weren't that good billy they were fine yeah, they were fine they were no nirvana yeah. that's for sure oh billy uh, my favorite thing i heard someone say about billy corrigan is he doesn't sing he tells on people <laughs> <laughs> that seems appropriate <laughs> So uh, this was uh, around this time, the, the one area of optimism in Kurt Cobain's life was music. And this is when he and uh, Chris Novoselic start uh, messing around with starting bands, including a CCR cover band called The Sellouts. What the fuck? That is, like, seriously, if you'd have given me, like, three truths and a lie and you'd have put that on there, I went, that's the bullshit one. Yeah. I would have never picked that as, like, the actual thing they did. Yeah. And they, and they did it just because they knew CCR songs would be popular with the rednecks. I get it in town. I, I yeah. get it now, but it's it seems like to go so against that. Like, yeah, no, fuck you. We're gonna do. We're gonna be Iggy and the Stooges. We're gonna do this even though you hate it. Yeah. Instead, they're like, maybe they're just having a laugh. I mean, uh, I mean, I would I would have checked out Kurt Cobain playing CCR. I fucking love CCR. I do they're too. They're, but like I it, feel like teenage Kurt, probably yeah. weren't great ccr covers right but also i just feel like he'd been like oh yeah we'll do rolling down the river or whatever fuck these rednecks you know like <laughs> but really they didn't yeah it's hard not to like ccr though yeah ccr is yeah. great they were my dad's favorite band such a good band mine too but my dad was a nom so he had a different reason he likes them <laughs> <laughs> oh uh so let's talk about nirvana's first show this it's amazing this is a story they uh eventually this right i don't want to interrupt but i have already uh this is a movie this first show is a movie yeah this yeah or at least a very great scene right in a movie uh eventually kurt chris and neighborhood friend aaron burkhart come together and uh, form what will eventually become the first version of nirvana they really were the grunge spinal tap like yeah, it just yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. We talk, we put it in the notes like a insider note, like right? Whether should we probably should just do an episode about Nirvana drummers? I mean, if you go to Aberdeen, it's mostly just populated with people yeah. who used to be in Nirvana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they all drew unemployment at one point, <laughs> being former Nirvana drummers. One exploded like <laughs> yeah, in Spinal Tap. One's just a little grease spot. <laughs> 
So uh, this happens around the same time Kurt has sort of a falling out with the Melvins because of how Buzz chose to kick Matt Lucan out of the band, which was uh, very shitty. Basically, what he did is he goes to Matt Lucan and says, look, uh, I'm done with music. I'm moving to L.A. I'm not even going to be in bands, dude. Buzz Osborne said this? Yeah. Oh, what a piece of shit. And he's like, you know, don't worry about coming with me. I'm done with music. I'm not even going to be any bands. None of that. And then two weeks after he gets to L.A., the rest of the Melvins move to L.A. Oh, my God. And Matt Lucan just finds out he's not in the band. And to Kurt's credit, even Kurt was like, come on, Buzz. That's fucked up. That's terrible. Right. <laughs> and like he starts having second thoughts about whether this punk aesthetic is that important and starts really embracing like the pop leanings in his song. It's also the least punk way to kick someone out of a band. Like yeah. if you're going to be Mr. Hardcore punk rock guilt guy, you got to go, you're not in the band anymore. Cause you're not fucking part of right. our fucking shit to be like, well, we're all moving. <laughs> and so have a good life. And then, all right, everyone under the cover of darkness and secrets, You'll never know the internet doesn't <laughs> exist yet. Everyone tiptoe away quietly. <laughs> He'll never know the Melvins are in Los Angeles. Yeah. That was really <laughs> shitty. <laughs> But Kurt also has a falling out with Matt Lucan around this time <laughs> to the point. Is it about the turtles? Yeah, I, I would th- probably not because you think that would have happened right away. Right. But it, it gets to the point where they literally do that movie thing where you put a line of tape down the middle of the house and one side is your side. The other side's my side. And Kurt. <laughs> Would not let Matt's friends use the bathroom when they were over because oh. the bathroom was on his side. I like to imagine that the tub is right in the middle and there's a <laughs> lot of like pushing turtles back over the line. Nope. Nope. This is a turtle free zone. <laughs> you go back to Kurt's little sad sack corner over there. Or they're just each on one side of the tub going, come here. Come here, boy. <laughs> Who do you love more? Who, Who do you, do you love, love more? <laughs> that one came to me. That one came to me. I get to keep that one. Drill another hole. Oh Drill God. another hole. Do you know how long it would take a turtle to come to you? (laughs) Especially on a slippery-ass tub. You're like, I can't tell if he's just blinking or coming towards me. Is he running in place? (laughs) What is happening? I've never seen a turtle go backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so they... uh, Kurt lives without a roommate for a while. Matt Lucan moves out. But then he meets Dylan Carlson, who moves in. And that will be an important name later in this story. Not this story, but the the story, the overall the, arc, the overall story, very important near the end. Uh, and yeah, Kurt starts to embrace his pop music leanings. Meets a girl, Tracy Miranda. She's a year older. She's been to hundreds of punk rock shows. I think we haven't got to it yet, but I think she is who uh, about a girl. Is oh, is that who it's about? Written about, I believe. But they were a couple for a while. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Ryan Agner becomes their manager. They still don't have a name, but they get booked on their first show in Raymond, Washington, March 1987 at 17 Nussbaum Road. And it's like a place you can just go. It's like a house, right? Yeah, it's just a house. Do they have a plaque or something? Uh, you would think they would. Right? I mean, I would. If I lived there, I'd pull up like a, you know, a, 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 put a little plaque on the spot. I'd sell T-shirts. I'd sell... Yeah. Look, if I've learned nothing from roadside attractions, it's just sell the idea. People will show up. Yeah. Sell them a thing. You know, maybe you won't retire rich, but you'll have a decent income. I saw I saw a concert at the venue Buddy Holly played the night he died. 
The plane? And they, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's just show plane? in the plane. It's crazy. It's a puddle jumper. Uh, but no, it was at that venue, which is in Iowa. And they have like a whole museum area set up to it. And it's like creepy, but also cool. Like They're like, here's a part of the plane that fell off. We probably should have told somebody. <laughs> uh, we left it here, though. This also killed someone, yeah. but they didn't <laughs> yeah. rock. They, so uh, They didn't have any songs. They had no... They were not a big or a bopper, right. and they did not have a La Bamba. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they, they play their first show, 17 Nussbaum Road, uh, which really interesting point about their first show. Someone recorded it. There's a full bootleg, I believe, of their first show. Wow. And it's called 17 Nussbaum Road. We'll play it in a second, but they're on, I think it's on with the lights out, but there's a, a version of th- them playing Heartbreaker by Led Zeppelin. Right. And it's from their first show, which is pretty impressive. But they're not Nirvana. They're just the, the TBD. S- just right. still don't have a name. They show up to this house. It's full of rednecks with mullets in Led Zeppelin shirts. Right. Kurt immediately withdraws. I've played that show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've done comedy at yeah, that show. Exactly. I've done that backyard show. <laughs> uh, Kurt kind of withdraws immediately and doesn't talk to anyone. Chris uh, takes a piss in the bathroom while someone's still in it. Sure. Rummages through the medicine that, cabinet for prescription drugs. That's the advantage of being that tall. Yeah. You know, yeah, you can just six, seven. Yeah, I can arc over you. He rubs fake blood on his chest. Yep. And just narrowly gets back in time to start playing. They open with Downer, which is on Bleach. So, wait, so again, right, earliest shows, still cranking out songs that would be with them their whole career. Is the rest of the band playing and Chris is in the bathroom doing all of this? It's like, oh, I got to get on stage. I think so, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. I think they just like, started playing. I mean, that's how, when I, when I read your notes, I was, that's how I pictured it. I just pictured like, you know, they're doing a little drum fill, a little gling, yeah, gling. And he's like, all right, fake blood. I'm done peeing. Here's some pills. <laughs> and I'm on stage. Let's see if we can. Uh, see if I can make. Is this the, uh, the clip from this first show? That's amazing that. That someone, I mean, I guess that's just what you did back then. Yeah, someone, Some, someone I think had a they video videotaped yeah, it. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm just at a house party. I'll videotape it to remember. You're not like, this is going to be the biggest band of our decade at the time. This is a clip of Nirvana playing Heartbreaker at their first show. Hopefully it comes through on the recording. Right. That's part of the how those things work. What's interesting is you can hear him yell, I don't know how to play it. <laughs> and then he just figures out how to play it. Or maybe he was just fucking with him. Yeah, probably. But it, uh, yeah, this, they, they, at one point people just started shouting out cover requests and they landed on Heartbreaker. Amazing. And this is, yeah, this is Nirvana's first concert this song is on I mean, the, with the lights out box set that's essentially the scene from blues brothers yeah where they come there to play a thing and they're like throwing shit at them and they're like all right let's just do rawhide yeah <laughs> let's just do <laughs> something that these fuckers like and let's right. we'll escape you know yeah the vocals are pretty amazing i think chris is singing oh okay But what's, uh, I don't know if we'll listen to all of it, but what's, yeah, why not? What's really interesting, he plays uh, the solo from Heartbreaker at the end of this, 
And he does a pretty good job playing a Jimmy Page-esque wow. solo. Not the, not the uh, box I would put him in normally. Yeah. Okay. That's Chris saying. Yeah. 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 In this, uh, at this show, they also played Mexican Seafood, Pen Cap Chew, and Hairspray Queen, which are all... I don't think Pen Cap Chew ever became a single that was ever released, but the other two are both Didn't on Pen Cap Chew end up on Incesticide? No. No? Uh, Mexican Seafood and Hairspray Queen okay. both were. Uh, yeah. At one point during the show, Chris stands on top of a television and jumps out a window. Yep. I mean, an open window. Jumps out. These guys loved making entrances and exits. Yeah. They were really big on those. Yeah, they, they definitely were. Uh, Kurt and Chris's girlfriend start making out on stage at one point, uh, at which point the band plays Spank Through, which is about masturbation. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this is Kurt playing the solo. Maybe not the exact solo. It's a solo. Yeah. Boom. There it is. So that was uh, Heartbreaker from the first Nirvana show ever. That, uh, you know, there's a story about... So Kurt was definitely a good guitar player, but he wasn't a guitar virtuoso, per se. Right. But there was a story about... You know the story about when Eddie Van Halen came to one of their concerts? Yes. I'll save that for another time. But so that, it's a sad story. It's a sad, well, Van Halen's a sad man. But it's yeah, one of those yeah. like, what? <laughs> I'll save that for when we get closer to that era. Yeah. But like, that's a crazy story. A, yeah. That's insane. So that's uh, the the that that's kind of where I think that's where we're we're leaving off for now. I think next episode, didn't they uh, jump out the window? Didn't he like start peeing on people's cars? Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. After the show, uh, Kurt finds Chris standing on top of their van, urinating on guest cars, <laughs> and they basically just get chased away uh, from this show. But everyone considers it a success because people weren't that mean and. It would end up being like the nicest crowd they played in front of for, for a while, for a long time after that. And Nova Selleck's bladder is apparently gigantic. <laughs> There's a yeah. lot of urine There's in this story. There's a lot of pissing yeah. in this story. Yeah. So yeah, I think next, uh, well, next episode we're going to do part two of the uh, most obscure Nirvana songs. Sure. And then after that, we'll uh, who knows? We'll probably get the Bleach. Yeah, we'll get we, we, early bands. We're getting touring. close to we're getting. Well, I think we got the lead up to Bleach still, right? I don't yeah, know, and then uh, maybe the lead up into Bleach is where we'll go. Yeah, yeah. Because the I mean, shit, man, Bleach is its own. Yeah, thing. the whole recording of Bleach. That's one of the Nirvana things I've been doing lately. Because a couple weeks back, I wrote a column about obscure, like really hard to find Nirvana records that are worth tons of money. Right. And I've just lately fallen down a rabbit hole where I go on eBay and I'm just like, do I need this $85 copy of In Utero? I feel like I might. Have you looked at what the shirts are going for? No. If you wanted to get a period correct sliver shirt, you know, yeah. with that like blue and green, or yeah. sorry, pur- purple and uh, blue 
outline of a person. It's like four or $500 shirt. Jesus. And you go, oh, I could have bought like 50 of the Like if I, yeah. All the things I put my money into thinking this was going to be worth something, I should have just bought Nirvana shirts yeah. at the yeah. time. You know, because they're all worth. I have a Lollapalooza 93 shirt that I've never worn and that I hated the second I bought it. It's worth like 200 bucks. Yeah. Because it's in good condition and people are in that era now where they're like, yeah. Ooh, that was like a long time ago. And you're like, not that long ago. <laughs> Shut up. It was just yesterday. Get off my lawn. <laughs> Listen to the bands I like. <laughs> All right. We should, uh, we should get out of here. We All right. have to record another one of these. Do we have anything to plug before we go? Do we have anything to plug? Uh, I don't. Yeah, we have, uh, we have the, the new comedy show coming up starting in August, uh, at the Alex theater. Come to those. They'll be every other week uh, on Wednesdays. First one's August 23rd. Which one are you on? I'm on the September one. September 6th or 20th? Uh, 20th, I, th- I think, is what you asked. September me. 20th. Yeah. Uh, come to that one. Lori Kilmartin's headlining. That's Holy be a fun shit. Show. You should come to that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be. Yeah. It's uh, Lori Kilmartin and Connor McSpadden. Ooh. And you. Holy shit. It's going to be deadly. And Josh Denny. Oh, well, gonna it's going to be a fun show. It's going to be crazy. So come to all of those shows. They start August 23rd. Check our Twitter and Facebook. We'll be posting more details soon. And uh, subscribe to the rest of our podcasts. Do it up. Patreon.com slash unpops. $5 a month. We do 12 episodes a week. You don't have to listen to them all, even if you only listen to some of them. It's a great fucking deal. Yeah. You got five bucks? You got five dollars? Give us five dollars, goddammit. Stop going to Starbucks and buying their shitty coffee and put something towards good podcasting. Quit being this way for fuck's sake don't live don't tell people you live under a bridge just yeah. be honest it'll come back to haunt you <laughs> yeah. when we have the internet god oh this was fun all right let's get out of here i'm out of here i'm travis travis say goodbye 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 everybody we love you <laughs>